and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. A lot of stuff to cover, as always, since we last spoke. Derek Chauvin, the guy who allegedly murdered uh, George Floyd and set off a, a chain of events that really destroyed this country. This nation has yet to recover from the, the killing of George Floyd and its aftermath, what it caused. Now, there's a story out earlier this week, a couple of stories about Chauvin. He got stabbed in prison, as most everybody knows. Nobody knows why he was stabbed or by whom. But you can bet your bottom dollar his attacker was someone who hates him for murdering George Floyd. Was he black, the attacker? Probably. But there's very little information about it. You know, I I read a good column about this, good piece by Robert Spencer, a man I interviewed once or twice when I had my radio show years ago. And he wrote this piece for Front Page Magazine. And it's an excellent source of real hard news, if you're interested. Front Page Magazine. And his first sentence is, The decline of the rule of law and justice in America can be traced in a straight trajectory from Thomas Preston to Derek Chauvin. Now, who's Thomas Preston? We're going to tell you in a couple of minutes. You know, Chauvin did not murder George Floyd. There was a story this week that, you know, proved... I think beyond a shadow of a doubt that Floyd's death was not caused by any neck trauma. Now, we all know the story that Chauvin allegedly uh, put his knee on Floyd's uh, neck. Floyd was saying, I can't breathe. And this other, it's, it's all, a lot of it is, is fake. And we, we're finding that out now. His body, Floyd's, was full of fentanyl. And he had several other health conditions. That doesn't mean he deserved to die in the way he did. Now, Floyd is a serial or was a serial offender. He's a career criminal, was, drug addict, uh, touched off nationwide riots and protests in 2020. Yeah, as you remember, Seattle, Portland, all these riots, cars being turned over, police uh, cars burned, and people attacked. Uh, four dozen people, I guess, were, were killed in these riots, white people mostly. But th- this whole idea, this this is what really touched off this this idea that America was beset by systemic racism. But despite his criminal record, he accomplished nothing in his life. Floyd is a hero in death. And as Spencer writes, a secular saint, a symbol of the injustice against which all decent people must struggle. Scholarships are now offered in his name at North Central University, Alabama State, Oakwood University, Missouri State University, Southeast Missouri State, Ohio University, Buffalo State College, Copper Mountain College, There are murals honoring George Floyd in Minneapolis, naturally, Houston, naturally, Naples, Florida, Belfast, Manchester, Manchester, England, I should say, Dallas, Miami, Los Angeles, Nairobi, Oakland, Berlin, and Pensacola. That's according to Front Page Magazine. All these murals, they're honoring this guy like he was some sort of a saint. The guy's a thug. He was. He's supposed to have murdered Floyd by, again, holding his his uh, knee on Floyd's neck, despite the victim crying he couldn't breathe. But the autopsy report out about a week or 10 days ago showed no life-threatening injuries and no blunt force injuries to the neck. So if Chauvin had murdered Floyd, he did it with extreme subtlety, as Spencer points out. But he had fentanyl in his system, Floyd did. You think that meta had something to do with his death? Probably. Chauvin is white. Floyd was black. 
and the left loves to use race against America because they want to divide this country, divide and conquer. You know, the left is pushing this idea today that police departments are systemically racist. The whole country is uh, irredeemably racist, but we know that's not the case. How could we be? We elected Barack Obama not once, but twice. But sh- And I'm going to read now from this piece by uh, Robert Spencer. He writes, Derek Chauvin and Floyd were too valuable as symbols for Chauvin possibly to get a fair trial, and he didn't. Today, Chauvin remains too valuable as a symbol to have his conviction overturned and be released, because no matter what the evidence says, to exonerate him would be to confirm all of the left's charges about racism and white privilege in America. I mistakenly said that he was exonerated. He's not exonerated. He's still in prison. And he could be, you know, vulnerable to further attacks by other inmates. And if we protect him, as Spencer points out, that would be viewed as being racist. Now, to Preston, Thomas Preston, who was he? Well, America was a different country in 1790. We were a nation where everyone was treated equally. Everybody's equal under the law. It's part of our country, and it has been since before the Declaration of Independence. A person should be able to get a fair trial no matter how popular or how guilty he's perceived. But not today. Thomas Preston, March 5, 1770, an angry crowd of American patriots got into a hostile confrontation with a group of British soldiers in Boston. The soldiers ultimately opened fire. They killed five Americans in what became known as the Boston Massacre. It's part of history. After the incident, the soldiers who were commanded by British Captain Thomas Preston were more hated than ever. But one American patriot, the future president, whose loyalty to the cause of independence was beyond question, stepped up to be their defense attorney, John Adams. But John Adams was truly a patriot. He defended Preston, and largely due to Adams' efforts, six of the British soldiers were acquitted. Two others were convicted of manslaughter, but their sentences were reduced. Adams later said, The part I took in defense of Captain Preston and the soldiers procured me anxiety, uh, and obliquely enough, it was, however, one of the most gallant, generous, manly, and disinterested actions of my whole life and one of the best pieces of service I ever rendered my country. Judgment of death against those soldiers would have been as foul a stain upon this country as the executions of the Quakers or witches. As the evidence was, the verdict of the jury was exactly right. This, however, is no reason why the town should not call the action of that night a massacre, nor is it any argument in favor of the governor or minister who caused them to be sent there. But it is the strongest proofs of the danger of standing armies. And to finish up here, as uh, Spencer writes, just as a judgment of death against those soldiers would have been as foul a stain upon this country as the executions of the Quakers or witches, so the conviction of Derek Chauvin in these latter days is a foul stain upon the late and declining republic and an indication that it has discarded the rule of law that Adams' defense of Captain Preston and his comrades so courageously upheld. Where are the John Adams of today? Do we have a John Adams in our midst? Certainly not anybody in this regime in Washington. Where in the world are these? They don't exist. Maybe they do somewhere. 
but they're not leading this country. All we have are a bunch of young, uh, ignorant socialists, Marxists, and federal bureaucrats, most of whom are Democrats. They just want to fatten themselves in the public trough. They could care less about justice. Derek Chauvin, or Chauvin, however it's pronounced, did not murder George Floyd. The autopsy proved it, but he's not been exonerated. He sits in a prison recovering from stab wounds, and he got seriously injured. This kind of leads me into the next topic here. We are a godless nation. Many, A good part of this nation is godless. I think that's fair to say. Most of the people listening to this program probably are Christians. There was an event in Michigan, a Christmas tree lighting ceremony. The Salanti, Michigan Christmas tree lighting ceremony. It happened Sunday night. A group of people disrupted, a Palestinian mob basically disrupted this ceremony. They were chanting, America is a terrorist state. Well, if it is, then they should feel at home, shouldn't they? You know, this, these are the same people calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. They demand it. These leftist activists, they oppose the state of Israel. And many of these people are members of the LGBT community, Antifa, you know, various Marxists and socialists, pro-Palestinian groups. Anyway, these people got together and they disrupted Michigan families from attending a Christmas carol event and tree lighting ceremony, because what does Christmas symbolize? The birth of Christ. We are in a spiritual battle, as I pointed out numerous times, and most of you realize. These communists were shouting slogans such as, America is a terrorist state, which forced the crowd to, to relocate to, the, to a freight house. I wouldn't have relocated. I'd have stayed right there. You want a boogie? Let's, let's, let's have it out here. America is a Christian. They hate America, these people. If you think America is a terrorist state, then why would you want to stay here? Leave. They couldn't do in Russia or China or certainly in Gaza what they do here. They couldn't protest and protest freely, disrupt other people's events without repercussions. You, where can you do that only in modern-day America? There was a time in America where, where criminals couldn't do that. They'd get busted, literally, physically busted. But we don't live in that America, unfortunately. You know, there's a headline that grabbed my grabbed my attention. It kind of kind of fits in with what, what we're talking about here. The Democratic Party hates America. That's the title of the column. I don't know where I got the column, but it's taken from Mark Levin's new book, which I've not read, by the way. And you might wonder, why are all these things happening in America? Why are we letting our southern border become so porous? Why are we defunding police? Why are we letting criminals go into shopping centers and walk out with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of items and not pay, shoplifting, with impunity. No fear of any reprisals or repercussions. They just, they steal things. They they uh, assault people in the streets with, with no fear of being detained or facing any kind of consequences. How did this happen? We have somebody who's not really leading the country, Joe Biden. Everybody knows he's just, he's a figurehead. Democrats are trying to destroy this nation's economy. Crushing inflation, gas prices through the roof again. Everything's going up. Price of eggs. I'm not going to get sidetracked here, I promise you. The price of eggs jumped a buck in a week. It's now $2.59 for a dozen of eggs. It was a buck forty last week. Now we're getting close to the winter season. People will be not eating out as much. They'll be cooking. And eggs are going to be jacked right back up again. 
I told my wife, I'll buy a dozen tonight, but don't expect we're going to get powdered eggs. I am not going to pay $5 for 12 eggs. It's not happening. But this is the, the America that the Democrats have created. Inflation, high gas prices, uh, burdensome regulations for, for businesses. They are crushing the middle class. And the state is growing stronger in the process. But in every Marxist country, that's what happens. The middle class disappears. You have the rich and the poor. And now in America, we're finding the middle class people who used to be in the middle class are now in the lower middle class. And it's by design. We have lawless cities. They're like war zones. They're driving businesses out of our cities. The first order of business for any country is to protect its borders and have a civilian police that can protect its citizenry. That's not happening. You have these leftists in the media stoking racial tensions in our schools. We get DEI policies, critical race theory. And, you know, it's it's just too much sometimes. You turn on the news, you, everything, every time I turn on a network newscast, all I'm treated to is the state of the the climate. Like, the climate change is an existential threat. It's like we're being delivered the news by Bernie Sanders or people on the hard left. I don't fear climate change. So the climate's changing. What can I do about it? What can we do about it? Very little. It's a scheme. It's like a religion for the left. Climate change. We need to battle climate change. How do you do that? Well, you take money from Western democracies and you give them to third, give the money to third world countries. Basically, socialism on a global scale. That's their answer. All the global warming's caused by America. Well, America's trying to do something about it. Is China doing anything about it? Is India doing anything about it? No. But nobody's pushing those governments. All we hear, all I hear about is climate change, LGBTQ, uh, you know, the cr- rampant crime in, in cities, and not just large cities, in Albany. I live in upstate New York. There was a Stewart's, at least one or two Stewart's shops had to close because of the criminality. People walking into Stewart's and just vandalizing the place, threatening clerks. It's like the cops don't do anything. When my uncle, I had an Uncle Ted, God rest his soul, 47 years, an Albany homicide detective. And back when he went and he drove the city streets all night long, from he worked from 5P to 4A, cruising the city streets, making sure they were safe. And if people got out of line, you didn't talk back to him or police officers in those days, they had billy clubs, and they used them. He was on the force before Miranda. I mean, we just, you know, we can't go back to that. I'm not saying we should go back to the 50s, because that would be a big step backwards. But I I, got to get Levin's book to understand why. I mean, I know why it's happening. We're being taken over from within. There's a Marxist movement within this country. And the Democrats, the, the Democrat Party is a state party. They want to monopolize the entire political system. But the left dominates our culture, our government, much of society, our educational establishment. We have lifetime activist judges, tenured professors and teachers, party members in the media, you know, the Donna Brazils and the uh, David Axelrods. Democratic Party is the party of government. And it hates America. And I truly believe it. Not every Democrat, but the Democratic Party, the National Party, and certainly the party here in New York State is is off the rails. We've got to run. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you like the program, please hit like, hit subscribe, 
and share with your friends on social media. Again, like, subscribe, and share. Tell your friends about the Pac-Man podcast with me, Ted Flint. We do this at least once a week. And check out all the fine programming we have for you on the bmgnetwork.com. We have columns up there under the Pac Perspective. And again, we do this at least once a week, sometimes twice, and uh, we appreciate you tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.